You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you could join us for another episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I love having guests on who can point us to the very best of our Enneagram types. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Jesse Eubanks. He is taking us through a journey of the empathy of Christ for each of the Enneagram types. I cannot think of a better time for this episode. Not only does Jesse have an amazing NPR-ish podcast, Love Thy Neighborhood, and another podcast called The Enneacast you guys can check out, but he has a new book called How We Relate, Understanding God, Yourself, and Others Through the Enneagram. How exciting. So it is a brand new book just out. I'm so happy for that. Whenever you're listening, make sure you check it out. I'm excited, especially as we transition from January, where we've been focusing in on all kinds of health and wellness and fitness and marriage and in life to this self-care of okay, it's end of January. People are depleted. This is the number one time of the year where people are the most depressed. Let's have some empathy. Let's give each other grace. Let's walk in to see if any of us have a doubtful place spiritually, some of the grace that Christ has for each of us. I know some of my dark nights of the soul, lowest spaces were times when I felt like God could not love me. And I just think that sometimes we can do that with the box of the Enneagram. And it's so refreshing and wonderful to have a guest on today who helps to remind us that God is for each of us. And in these specific ways we're going to go over today, as well as about Jesse's book and his marriage to his beautiful wife, Lindsay, and their three-six pairing, we are just in for such a treat. Often our guests do a great job of telling us who they are, and Jesse's going to do that today, but he's humble. So I want to make sure I also share that Jesse has had the honor of being named by Relevant Magazine as one of the top Christian 50 artists and activists who are making an impact on culture in America. He has, as I mentioned, Love Thy Neighborhood podcast, but also a foundation which is based on missions and mobilizing people to follow Christ and serve the poor in modern culture. So I love this, what he's doing out there as truly being the hands and feet of God, as well as now sharing with us today about his new book. And of course, more importantly, how we can explore how to have more meaningful relationships together and with God. Very quick reminders before Jesse comes on, our coaching certification doors are open so you can absolutely join me in a late February start to another round of ENM coaches certification. I'll be doing live classes on Thursdays over Zoom or you can do it on demand on your own time. I love training people to work with the best of marriage research as well as the best of Enneagram. It's my favorite thing. I'm so passionate about this work and yet, of course, I can't do it all. You can't do it all, but together we make 
like beautiful ways and I hope we glow brightly together. And then also on a fun note, I can't wait to relax and have fun with my people. Enneagram and Marriage, some of you are flying for the Valentine's Glow Gala that we're putting on at our Oceanfront Restaurant Pier 22 down here this coming Friday night, February 3rd. So excited about that. Hopefully if you're listening later, we'll do other fun events like this, but very much need this. Have been in the sweat and the toil of the man cave lately because my daughters are off and running. One of them has their permit now. One of them is driving and they're driving off into the sunset together having a ball. And I'm now learning how to be like a boy mom in a new way. So we've been watching all the Rocky movies. We're going to go all through a parade. Number three, my son and I, my husband's joining us for most of those. And we are just, we're in the thick of Mark Twain together and we just finished Hatchet. And so I'm of course trying to finagle away to get us back to Tolkien somehow. But right now I'm just in this new space. So I'm excited for our dinner dance also and just balancing that out together with those coming and I'm looking forward to that so I'll see some of you this weekend and the rest of course I'm just excited that we are here as always to learn together and to get refreshed so let's dive into all about Jesse Eubanks his marriage and his awesome encouragement for us today Jesse, we are so thankful and excited to have you on the ENM pod thank you so much well I'm glad to be here thanks for having me Yay. I am so happy when I get to meet people, read their awesome books. And you have a, an amazing book coming out right now. It just came out a few days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. January 24th. Uh, yeah. We uh, we birthed this baby into the world. Yes. I'm so glad. Congrats. Thank you. Oh, that's so cool. So tell us about yourselves. I know our listeners, some of them know you. You have an amazing two podcasts, but tell us about yourself and your marriage to Lindsay and your ministries. Yeah. So um, so I live in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm married to my wife, Lindsay. Uh, so uh, we have been married for a little over 18 years. we got a couple of kids, both teenagers. So we are uh, uh, very much officially out of the small kid uh, yeah. side of parenting. Um, yeah. And then uh, I lead an organization called Love Thy Neighborhood. And we say that we do uh, podcasts, workshops, and programs to help people walk in the life and the lifestyle of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so on the one half of the work we do, we're like the Peace Corps with Bibles. So we recruit young adults from all over the world to go out and uh, to serve people that are in need. And then on the other side of what we do is that we do a lot of teaching. And the Enneagram is a key component of uh, of that work. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what I do during the day. And then Lindsay is a uh, occupational therapist for the public school system. So she spends most of her days working with uh, kids with special needs and with, uh, you know, parents and families and teachers who are trying to help these kiddos. Oh my goodness. What a blessing you guys are to your community. I love Some, sometimes, sometimes we are, you know, we're equal opportunists. So we, we like to, we like to bless people. We also like to be difficult. So, and I was going to say with being a three, six pairing, I'm thinking harmony groups. I'm like, you guys also like your cozy comforts. So you oh, know absolutely. how to rest well too, probably. No. Yeah. We're, we're kind of homebodies. Yeah. So when we get home, we just kind of, you know, collapse a little bit. So yeah. So I'm a, I'm a three wing four. Lindsay's a six wing seven. And so, uh, yeah, so we uh, we do. We go hard during the day, and then we kind of collapse mm -hmm. at home. And then uh, my wife especially, we say there's Lindsay, and then there's vacation Lindsay. So when we go on vacation, she kind of turns off uh, the um, the surveillance program of being a six and finally just kind of rests and relaxes and has some fun. 
Oh my goodness. And you guys deserve that. We call that pairing trailblazers over here. So all the love for you guys and all you do for us as you really lead well, and you totally deserve that. And today we get to talk about your amazing book. So tell us a little bit about how we relate and just tell us about how you uh, decided to write this book. Yeah. So, um, so a little over a decade ago, um, I was just in a, in a, in a bad spot in life. You know, there were a lot of things that were kind of coming together at the same moment. Uh, you know, I opened, I opened the book with, uh, the story of sort of my emotional outburst and screaming at God. And I'm, I'm, you know, the, the recoiling of the other people in the room. And, um, but the truth is like that, that incident of, um, of sort of this big emotional, uh, you know, outpouring, it uh, was really just one piece of the bigger picture. You know, Lindsay and I were really struggling in our marriage at the time. Our kids were really little. It was very stressful. And the ministry I worked with, we behind the scenes, we weren't getting along. We were on the verge of bankruptcy. I mean, there were just so many factors. Mm-hmm. So it was in the midst of that that, um, that I found uh, the spiritual director, a guy named uh, Dr. Richard Plass. And Rich uh, walked with Lindsay and I for over three years as uh, as a spiritual director and life coach. And mm-hmm. the Enneagram was really uh, central to the work that he did with us and helping us grow in self-clarity. Because one of the biggest issues that I had in that season of life is that who I thought I was and who I was actually were not the same person. And so uh, there was this dissonance of between sort of who I wanted to be or thought I was and the the actual truth. And so, uh, so yeah, so the Enneagram became a journey towards self-clarity. So out of that work, you know, many, many years later, as I started working with it, I came across all these other great writings, but nobody kind of put the Enneagram together in the way that I really wanted to see the Enneagram when I first came across it. So, mm. so in the end, uh, this book is the book that I wish that I had come across mm. when I first came across the Enneagram. Mm. I love hearing that story, just your own journey and how you were in a state of needing growth and that it was born out of a previous version of what you would have needed. Not only do I like hearing that for you, just because this I know you and Lindsay have benefited so much and your kids, uh, and you all need that since they're teens and we know that. Um, but I think that what I also can collaborate on is the fact that after reading your book, one of the biggest pieces I took from it was this is a great clarifying book. And so, and I, of course, as a thinking type, that's really hard for me to do, but I really felt that. And so when you say that that was part of your journey, I'm like, yes, and you brought it to us. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, and I'm really glad to hear that too, because I think a lot of Enneagram resources are written and they are written to where you have to have a pretty high educational acumen to kind of keep up with mm-hmm. some of the content content and what it's getting at. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a place for that. I'm not knocking that work. Mm -hmm. But when I approached this book, one of the things that I was thinking about was how can the Enneagram actually help people from all walks of life? So not only, you know, the very educated, you know, psychologists, but um, I want to be able to help the plumber uh, as well. And so, uh, so in the course of uh, sort of test driving some of this material, I did have the opportunity to go and I led a retreat for a marriage retreat for um, this little country church, most people were on their second and third marriages, a lot of trauma in the room, a lot of pain, a lot of um, blue collar, hardworking folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and afterwards, you know, the volume of people that, people that came up to me and just shared, this was so needed. 
And, uh, and so it really made me double down on, I want to make the Enneagram accessible mm -hmm. for people from all walks of life. And mm -hmm. so my hope is that when people read this book, that, that you don't go, oh, I've got to have, you know, uh, this really, really high educational level to understand all these things. No, it, you know, just, just dive in. This is written for everybody. Well, that's, I mean, that goes into your heart as a heart type and you have a great love for the homeless. And so I love that you are just realizing from the least to the greatest, you want everyone to be blessed, but also just as a quick reminder, we've been talking about goals all last month on the show and really looking at the research and really noticing that people really do well with the clarified, simple tips. So I found it to have those kinds of tips, but the kind that, like you said, anybody, even if they have an education still needs. So thank you. And I, I also want to check in with you about one of the quotes that I think is probably a lot of people are finding the most relevant and and just hitting us the most. And that is when you talk about how we worship the God who empathizes. And if this is then, if this is true, then Jesus empathizes with each of the nine types. So tell us why it's important as we're looking to learn about ourselves. Why is it important spiritually or even just, you know, at all that Jesus empathizes with us? Yeah, I think um, here's why empathy is so important. Empathy is one of the main ingredients towards having deep trust with another person. Mm -hmm. And when we do not sense that another person truly empathizes with us, and by that I mean that they have at some level the ability to step into the experience we are having, that it they have, an, they have a, the same emotional memory. Something has happened in their life mm -hmm. where they really get what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Um for me to truly trust somebody at a profoundly deep level, I have to believe that's true. A good example of that is if you think about Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. the way that it works is that when somebody is uh, first trying to get sober, they come in and they're paired up with a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that sponsor is able to look at them and go, I know exactly what it's like to be in your situation. Mm -hmm. But then there's a second piece, which is uh, they've got to show their authority. And this is how you get out of that situation. But if you only have that piece, that that authority piece, that piece of, hey, here's the plan, mm -hmm. the individual still doesn't feel loved. So I think it's really important for us as people to believe Jesus gets me, he understands me, yeah. he he understands this wound that I'm carrying, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, so if you imagine like for you, so you're type seven, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so one of the, the wounds that sevens carry is this sense of, at one point in life, life was pain-free. There was paradise. There was this sense of mm. beauty and goodness and innocence. And uh, and the world was full of wonder and it was untainted. And then something happened in which that felt stolen and taken away. Mm. And that that wound still just, just rocks around inside of the type seven. Mm. I mean, who gets that more than Jesus? Yeah. Who gets it more than, you know, he had utter literal paradise and he left it and was thrown to the wolves uh, mm -hmm. as he endured this pain. So Jesus knows what it is to have a pure, um, a pure joy, you know, not even touched by hardship and pain and sickness, mm -hmm. um, but then to have these, these really, really hard things to come in. So, um, so for all nine of the types, we explore that. How does Jesus empathize with you? And the ultimate goal is, if we're going to transfer our trust from our deadly sin and our idols, mm -hmm. which that's part of the Enneagram is that all of us have these things. These are the things that are going to save us, going to fix us. Mm. We'll never transfer our trust unless we truly believe that the other thing is more trustworthy. So the question is, how does Jesus earn that trust? And empathy is a key part of that.
Mm, I love that you reminded us of that, that if we don't have a God who relates, then we still feel alone, abandoned. Uh, Maybe that God's truth is bigger than his grace. And I love how you remind us that God is both and that he really does get it. Like you said, Jesus walked the earth and gets every single one of the nine types and all of the concerns. I don't know if you have time today, but it would be amazing if you could share a little bit about the types and how Jesus empathizes with each. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so if you, uh, here, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually flip through my book because, uh, for all the ways that I have some things in my memory, there are other things that, uh, I'm getting to be an older man. So uh, so (laughs) I get it. I need a a little bit of help with that. Let's, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with them with, uh, with type one, you know, Mm -hmm. one, uh, like the one Jesus was criticized Mm -hmm. and the love people gave him was conditional. And so ones know what it is to just go, I just, I want to be accepted and loved and mm-hmm. I feel like I've got to earn it. And if I was just good enough, yeah. well, Jesus, Jesus understands what it is to be truly perfectly good. He is good enough. And still people would, would give him love and take it away and criticize mm-hmm. him unfairly. So when ones walk around with that sense of, I just feel like I'm criticized all the time, yeah. Jesus gets that mm-hmm. uh, for type twos. Um, um, Jesus's needs were ignored by others who always wanted more from him. Mm-hmm. You know, if we think about the story when, uh, when his cousin, John the Baptist is beheaded, Jesus gets the news, Jesus goes and he wants to be alone. What happens? He gets to the shore and that's where the feeding of the 5,000 takes place. Uh, because all these folks are waiting for him and want more from him. So mm-hmm. when twos are just like, I just feel like I'm just used and used. Jesus gets what it is to just be pushed to the point of exhaustion. Oh. Yeah. Uh, threes, Jesus failed to fulfill the crowd's demands to be a successful leader. Um, so all this pressure, Jesus, be this kind of person, be this person we're all going to admire and we're going to look to and we're going to follow. And Jesus was constantly letting them down. Um, and so threes, when you live out of your authentic self and people are less than impressed with you, Jesus understands that wound Uh, The fours, Jesus was was rejected by his community and constantly misunderstood. So fours, when you're walking around, you're going, I just feel like nobody understands me. I feel like no one gets me. Jesus gets that. Uh, At every turn in his life, people misunderstood the things he was saying. His own people, his own hometown didn't get him. Uh, So Jesus understands that wound. Um, For type fives, um, uh, Jesus was engulfed by the demands of a world that wanted everything from him. So fives, when you uh, when you are in a place where you just feel like, good grief, I just feel like all this world wants to do is strip me of everything that I have, every resource that I have, uh, Jesus gets that. You know, the scriptures record there are 113 questions that people ask Jesus. Wow. So when you're feeling the pressure to have the answers for all the things ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus understands the pressure that people are going to come with all their questions. Um, sixes. Uh, so just like the six, Jesus's life from birth to death was marked by danger, threats, and unpredictability. Mm-hmm. So when you are living in this world and you're just feeling like, the yeah. world could burn down at any second. Something could come around the corner. This horrible thing could come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that is Jesus's life. I mean, the massacre of the innocents all the way up to his crucifixion. Uh, mm-hmm. His whole life was marked by um, horrible dangers uh, coming for him. So mm-hmm. when you uh, are just feeling like everybody's behaving like the world's not a dangerous place, and it is, mm-hmm. Jesus knows that it is. And then the sevens, Jesus lost true paradise 
and experienced a painful world. And we talked about that one earlier, but Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus understands what it is to know the bliss of heaven mm-hmm. um, and then to come into a world that is full of pain. So mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus understands you. I love the new campaign uh, that's going on in Christendom right now that uh, just simply says he gets you. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like all of the ads going up and uh, like billboard ads and Super Bowl ads. And I think it's a brilliant campaign mm-hmm. because I think it's absolutely the truth. So the eights, uh, how does he empathize with them? Like the eight, Jesus was attacked by unjust people and stripped of his freedom. Mm-hmm. So when eights are feeling the sense that um, people abuse their power, People are going to use their power to hurt me, to wound me, to come against me, to hurt the people that I love. Um, The truth is that that does happen and that Jesus understands what that's like. And so when those feelings arise, Jesus understands that. And then finally, like the nine, uh, so so last one this time, um, Jesus was unheard by the passive and overpowered by the uh, by the powerful. So. You know, if you think about when Jesus goes and visits visits his hometown, they're completely unimpressed by him. They're just kind of like, is this the carpenter's son? There's just a sense of just sort of shrugging shoulders, a dismissive. Uh, and then everywhere that he goes, you know, you've got folks that are, um, they've got more social capital, they've got more influence, and they are using their connections to come against him to shut him up. And so, the, so nines, when you're feeling like, listen, I speak up. And either people ignore me, they give me lip service, but they don't actually do anything, or they just talk louder than me. Jesus understands that wound. Mm. Man, I love that. And I'm glad you're reminding us that some people are also in culture right now wanting to really impress this upon everybody, but I haven't seen this in an Enneagram book. And I'm so grateful. I also see Jesse, your four wing very strongly. Before we got on, you talked about how that four wing is really, really strong. And I see it because I think those of us who have a four in our our type or our tri-type are longing to know what can I do with the laments? What can I do with the questions? And so for you, even as you went through all nine types, even though I'm really only one mainly, I was really, my faith was stirred at several because I realized, okay, here's when the doubts come in, here are some reassurances that God gets it. So thank you. Yeah. We're not singular. You know, I know that for shorthand, we all say I'm type blank, but the truth is that we're all nine types to greater or lesser degrees. These are all ingredients in the totality of who we are. And so it makes sense that, you know, you know, my wife, has uh she's a core six but she's got a ton of four Mm -hmm. and if you look at her life story Mm -hmm. it makes total sense why she has a ton of four um but it also makes sense why the six became you know i always imagine like our enneagram types are like um sled dogs Mm -hmm. and one of them becomes the lead dog and the other eight have to follow its lead um and so uh it so it makes sense why like her six became the lead dog Mm -hmm. but her four dog is still pretty strong (laughs) Well, I see her through this book too then because I'll tell her thank you. I'm so glad because you guys just put out something beautiful that we all need. And now I'm going to be going back in again. And as this is a marriage pod, a lot of us are looking for relational tips to get us through the hard weeks, uh, months, years. Um, Tell us about some of the emotions at play and just how some of these struggles that we have in life and marriage could also potentially be helped by your book, because I, I saw some great emotional tools as well. Yeah, you know, uh, people uh, 
you know, marriage is like a fascinating thing. It's like a, it's like a mad scientist experiment, right? It's like these two people from two wildly different (laughs) family backgrounds and their ideas of normal. And then you throw us into a house and we're supposed to attempt to create a new normal. And it has so many joys and blessings and Mm -hmm. it can be so horribly difficult and horribly painful. And both, both things are equally true. Um, And that being said is that for some people listening, so, you know, you might be in a, a scenario where one partner is a little more dominant and one is, is feels a little run over or is a little passive. Mm-hmm. You may be in a scenario where, um, you know, big issues are being ignored. You may be in a scenario where people really kind of go at it. Like you may both be pretty assertive. In Lindsay and my scenario, um, we do. We both come from backgrounds like we are both pretty assertive people with one another in particular. Mm. And um, and so one of the things, though, that we had to learn early on was when the temperature rises, there are moments in which I need to take a break because, you know, to use this term, like I get out of my window of tolerance. I, I can't think clearly. I'm sort of emotionally flooded. So I'm like, you know, I just need to take a second here. Yeah. Well, coming to know her Enneagram type allowed me to also realize this. Because she's a six, she is prone to think catastrophically. She's mm-hmm. ten- she tends to think the worst possible thing, what's going to happen. So if we had an argument and I said, I need a breather, and I went to the other room, or if it was a really, a really hard one, and I was like, I'm just going to go take a drive. In her mind, I'm not coming back. In her mind, that that's the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, so one of the things that the Enneagram allowed me to begin to do was we can have an argument. And I could say, I'm really mad right now, but I'm coming back. I'm not leaving. We will figure this out. Don't mistake me. I'm really, really hacked off right now, but we are going to figure this out. Um, And what that did is that that allowed me to speak to her core wound Mm -hmm. in a way that that then uh, we didn't get preoccupied um, with all the insecurity stuff, she could rest in the security of the relationship so we could continue to work on the topic. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Enneagram uh, just gives us language for those things. The other thing too, Lindsay said this to me this morning when I told her I was coming on with you, is that she just said um, it helped her. Her biggest thing was she said uh, she didn't realize we just don't see the world the same mm-hmm. and that it's not personal. That when I don't do certain things that she thinks that I was going to, Mm -hmm. or I do suddenly want to go after this thing and she doesn't understand it, I make some choice that seems odd to her. Mm -hmm. She said forever at some level, it felt very personal. And the Enneagram allowed Mm -hmm. her to suddenly go, Mm -hmm. this isn't personal. This is literally the way he sees the world. And the best thing to do is to start with the premise that, um, that he's not trying to hurt me. He's not trying to, you know, do something horrible. So mm-hmm. I think that the Enneagram allows us to have sort of a creative empathy for the other person to mm-hmm. go, gosh, how are they probably seeing this moment? And in what ways can I respond to their biggest needs in this moment? Mm. Wow. That is beautiful. And Lindsay, thank you, because that is exactly the work we're trying to do here. And you guys are doing it together so beautifully. And I was silly enough as a thinking type, I sometimes think in emojis. And I was thinking of that emoji with like the tears going down and I'm like tears streaming emoji of happiness for you guys to have found this after a couple of decades of working with couples, like for you to have found Enneagram. And this language of, as Brittany Thomas from Enneagram explained, 
always, I love her quote, we all care, but we care differently. Just to bring that home, it's not easy. When you do it, there's a surrender that is so comforting for your six, for the security. And then of course, we know with you as a three, your heart can also rest because you're able to finally come home to yourself, right? Yeah. 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 Because as a three, you know, I can um, try to stay busy so that I don't feel it. But the truth is sort of underneath, Mm -hmm. I can carry a real sense of I'm going to be abandoned. Um, Something's going to happen and I'm going to be publicly ashamed Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be abandoned as a result and I'm going to be sort of undone. So there's this. Mm -hmm. So so for for Lindsay, it's really, really important that in the midst of an argument that there's a sense in which she's able to both bring the truth of the issue mm. and um, affirm my dignity in a way that, that doesn't sort of undo me. Um, mm. And so, uh, yeah, do you, have you, I don't know if you ever heard this thing, the 90, 10 rule, uh, Lindsay and I came across it a few years ago. We never heard it before. Mm. So, and, and maybe this will be helpful to your listeners. Mm. We use it in, in the midst of uh, like, if, if there's like a little, I don't know, a little something, mm-hmm. Lindsay brings some groceries and I uh, go in and I help with a couple of bags, but I'm irritated the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she's she'll go, why why are you hacked off right now? And I ramble about who knows what. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the 90-10 rule is th- this basic idea. Um uh only 10% of what you're feeling right now has to do with the actual argument at play, mm-hmm. the actual issue, the emotions you're feeling, mm-hmm. the the strength that you're coming with, or the lack of emotions, the indifference. Mm-hmm. But only 10% is the actual issue at hand. 90% comes from the past. So, uh, so in that given scenario, let's say I'm really worked up. We now have this saying in our, in our marriage where we say, what's the 90%. And we just kind of go like, forget the details. What's actually going on here. And then I'll go, okay, work today. So-and-so said this, and I feel really insecure. And then I felt like, I feel like, you know, that people are moving on and that I'm, I'm embarrassed. And then you know, you're coming home and you're irritated with me. And I just feel like such a failure. Like it's a way to move past the surface level argument and into the real stuff. What's the fire hydrant that's truly driving this whole thing. Mm. Let's talk about the real stuff and stop wasting our time on all the shallow end. Oh my goodness. That is hashtag relationship goals. I'm so glad you brought that to our listeners. And I think it's a great tip for people who might be a little tenuous with coming in with vulnerability to hear a three model that and to say a three and a six who can be a very witty couple can do this. You guys can find your heart space. And and I think your book is honestly a great place for them to do that because it does bring you back to you are allowed to lament. You are allowed to have struggles. The side of Eden is not what it was meant to be, but what we do have is the chance for redemption and uh, bringing God's light back to this world of shadows. So your book is amazing. Now I'm going back into it again for the second time. So I hope our listeners will delve in. Tell us where we can find it. Yeah. So you can find it anywhere you buy good books. So you can, you know, do the Amazon thing. You can go to your local bookseller, um, but you can also head over to howwerelatebook.com. And if you go there, um, you can get the first two chapters for free. Um, if you want to just give it a sample and see what you think. Um, and we've alluded to this, but there are over a hundred illustrations in the book as well. So if you're somebody that wants you know, you you like visuals, you want something portable to kind of take with you. Uh, I, you know, I'm very visual with that four stuff. Uh, and so um, mm. so that's in the book as well. And then um, and then I would also say this, 
Um, there's an accompanying thing you can also get into uh, that goes with along with the book. And um, that's a thing that we created called Mapping Your Enneagram Story. And that is a, a process to help you identify the 20 biggest turning points of your life and how those things shaped and formed your Enneagram type. And you can pick that up by heading over to lovethyneighborhood.org and head over to our store. Oh, that sounds intriguing. That's cool. Thank you for telling us about that too. Just so many people, including myself, would love to have that experience of what were the defining moments for this craziness that has evolved as well as God's gifts. But I'm so glad that you have this resource and then really neat that you also have the two podcasts. Can you just remind our listeners where you're at podcasting? Yeah. So, um, so first we have the Enneacast. And so that's our podcast about the Enneagram. We just wrapped up a series on how does my personality influence my relationship with God? And so we talked about how each of the Enneagram types uh, tends to create a slanted rule of life and makes their faith orbit around uh, a particular uh, thing that's important to their type. Um, and then we're getting ready to start a series on uh, the nine desires. And so, uh, so yeah, so you can check out the Enneacast. And then our other show is the Love That Neighborhood podcast. We say it is, uh, if you baptized NPR, you would get our show. And so we cover a bunch of uh, a bunch of different topics there, everything from racial reconciliation. Uh, we've got one coming out soon on artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, addiction, uh, conflict, uh, but it is all uh, journalism documentary style uh, podcasting. So like a movie for your ears. So if that's your thing, you can check that out. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. We have a new podcast here. We're excited and two new podcasts. I hope some of our listeners will head over there. I hope the ones who are ready to grab your book will get it. It's out now. So thank you again, Jesse. This is amazing. Thank you to Lindsay too. And my pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk to Jesse. I'm so glad that you guys stayed. Thank you so much for doing your work with me. Isn't it so refreshing to hear that God cares for each of us. And I hope you already knew that. But for me, it's just a wonderful reminder. And it's a beautiful redemptive piece that sometimes we just forget as humans, whatever our faith background, or maybe not having had a faith background. I know I was in my diary recently from childhood. And I was like, so glad the church doors were shut because there was so much church hurt. And it's so refreshing to be in spaces where mental health is understood and appreciated where Enneagram understanding is there. It's it's just delightful. So I'm so grateful you're doing this work with me. You're relaxing with me as we listen and become refreshed together. And I hope you'll continue to join us. Make sure you check out everything Jesse has to offer in the show notes. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you loved today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.